Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I want a scoop, baby. He's definitely a top twenty player, you know. So I think they, I think players see that he feels it. now. This is the thing that I say about Jimmy. I was like, I, I think you can be unhappy with your situation, but you can't be unprofessional. It is scoop time. Darren Doogie Wilson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, but that's not it. He also is the scoop master, does the scoop podcast, 1500ESPN.com, iTunes, Podcast One. And uh, Doogie, it sounds to me like what you told me from uh, just before you came on air, like sports worlds are colliding in your cell phone. They are. You know what? I'll get to that in a second. Happy Election Day. Good to see you. Good to see you, <laughs> I Manny. love how you bring the Election Day. I didn't even think of that one. <laughs> well, normally I'm in here on a hump day and, or and a TGIF. And I you did voted. Vote. You got yeah. the red sticker. I was voter number 290 at my precinct I gotta go this vote. morning in the Royce neighborhood. Once the show's done, I got to go vote. In and out in five minutes. Well-oiled machine hey, in the West Metro. A lot of people, like that efficiency, A lot man. of people are voting. It's great. It was fantastic. They had about 15 booths set up. I'm telling you, it was so efficient. You know what I I did? I'm not going to vote Butler. I'm not voting the Butler ticket. <laughs> There's no The Jimmy Butler ticket's dead to me. I'm uh, voting the Josh Kogi ticket. That's what I'm doing. I'm looking to the future. All right, let me first piggyback on what Jim Pete said in that soundbite. Sure. Yes. I mean, last night was laughable. It was a joke. That being said, Jimmy Butler's value hasn't changed. The teams that want him, Houston, Miami, Philadelphia, others. I mean, Glenn Taylor on the Scoop podcast last week said about half the league has shown interest. His value has not changed. The only thing that changes is a team like the Rockets gets off to a bad start or a team like Miami loses at home to Sacramento. Or Philadelphia has a hiccup or two. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing changing in this equation. His value is established. Jim Pete is right. Most of the league views him as a top 20 player. Mm -hmm. Now that being said, I can tell you, I know a Western Conference team that wants nothing to do with Jimmy. They view him as a diva. They look at his history in Chicago. Now his antics here. They would not give up any asset to acquire Jimmy Butler. But all it takes is one team, and I just listed, what, three or four, that have genuine interest in trading for Jimmy Butler. So we can sit here and debate, you know, what he's doing, when does he next sit out, heck, if I had to guess, national TV tomorrow night, the bright lights of Los Angeles, I would think he plays. He's not sitting on the Lakers game. Friday night Sacramento, probably sits. Oh, he'll sit for that one. He'll be tired for that one. He likes Brooklyn, right? So he'll probably play next week at Target Center. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, we can have fun with that. But I can just tell you, there is enough interest in him. So 
I still think it's a matter of when, not if, that they execute a trade. Now, do are they? Because my my thing is with if you got all these teams that are still interested, are they are the Wolves going to really do their due diligence here and put? I mean, there is a market for Jimmy Butler. There's a lot of teams that want him and would like to have him. But now the next step is you got to get past the upset that Jimmy wants to leave if you're Tom Thibodeau. Like you got to get past that and you got to do what's right. Right? You got to put, you got to, if you've got multiple teams interested in him, you've got to, you've got to set up some sort of a bidding war. Correct. Now, in terms of doing their due diligence, they have had scouts in the last week plus watch the Rockets, watch the Heat. Watch Philadelphia. Heck, Tibbs was in the stand Saturday in Portland watching the Lakers and Blazers. Now, obviously, he was scouting the Blazers for the Sunday night game. Was he yelling? But there's some chatter that the Lakers... That the Lakers... Yeah, he probably was. Hot dogs! There is some chatter, although he's lost some weight. No, he has. Mm -hmm. He's actually down a good 10, 15 pounds. It was just a cheap shot from me. I'd like to apologize. That's all right. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. there is some chatter that the Lakers have some interest in Jimmy. Yep. So Tibbs sat in the stand Saturday. He got a look at Kuzma and some of the other young pieces. Now, granted, they played the Lakers here, what, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days ago. But I'm just saying, I mean, they are doing their scouting due diligence. But there is still a sense from a number of league executives that Tom Thibodeau has zero interest in ultimately trading Jimmy Butler. That's where the owner, it's where Glenn eventually will step in. When he steps in, yeah, I but, don't know. Okay, okay. But eventually he will step you, in. You got a nice coup by getting Glenn last week on the Scoop podcast, which you, you can still find uh, at 1500ESPN.com. After you talk to Glenn, what is your feeling about where Glenn stands on things? and about? Because we keep talking about eventually he'll step in. I didn't personally, from listening to that, I didn't hear a guy like that's all that close to stepping in yet. What's your what's your gut tell you after talking to the man? Well, my gut is what your gut feeling is. I mean, the buzzword. It's I mean, big guts, by the way. <laughs> yes, way too big. Trust me, especially after all that Halloween it's candy I stole from shot the kids. By me. I, I apologize again. I'm going to just back away from the microphone. Droogie and Keaton, seriously. So I mean, those two dead. kids dominated the last time. Wednesday. Yep. Most of their candy is gone. Guilty. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, you know what? What you a just, buffoon of a dad they have. No, seriously, I ate all their candy. <laughs> you're looking out for their health. You are. You're, you're taking the bullet for their health. I think that's an outstanding fight. Anyway. The, Ward Cleaver, go ahead with that. Yeah, the buzzword. I mean, the common phrase that Glenn used in the conversation late last week was patience, right? I want to be patient. Yes. I need to have some patience. So when will he step in? Who knows? I mean, if the right offer comes in before Thanksgiving, maybe in the next couple weeks. Could it be February 1st? It could be. This thing could extend into the new year. But I'm just telling you, my sense is a trade will happen. It's a matter of when, not if. Now, to answer your original question about two worlds colliding, hockey and basketball, a prominent local hockey authority I won't say men's or women's, but a prominent local hockey authority. How about this for timing? Maybe he knew I was coming in, but two minutes before I walk into the studio. Might be listening. Here's the text message from this individual. Okay. How is Wiggins a max player? He's not even close to that. What a mess they are. (laughs) They should suspend Butler until they trade him. Again, this from a prominent local hockey authority. Actually, kind of sounds like Uh, Judd. 
<laughs> yeah, that's not me. It's not you, but it sounds like something you I'm would say. I'm not prominent. I'm a you hockey authority, too. but I'm not prominent. I've been, I've been a Wiggins apologist for the longest time. And I still wouldn't give up on him. He's just, he's too young. But my God. Yeah. What did he have the other night? Not last night, but a couple nights ago. Two rebounds? He's well, actually he making the, he free throws this night. year. He got six boards last night. I know. He's actually yeah. making free throws this year, unlike last year. But he's yeah. not getting to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. He settles for such garbage shots. Didn't he used to drive, like two or three years ago, didn't he used to drive on occasion a lot or more oh, than, well, than he does the, now? I mean, his first two years in the league, he was among the league leaders in like getting to the free throw okay, line. Okay, that's what I thought. Like okay. his his... The I forget the the terminology for like the rate, but like he, in terms of like percentage of getting to the free throw line, like he was near the top in the league for the first two years of his career. So what happened? I mean, I guess Jimmy came here, right? The whole team changed. But he, okay, but he got, and he got to the line last year, but all of a sudden he couldn't make it. So I have no idea what happened. But he's making free throws now, right? He's so, back to eighty three percent. He was I, what sixty four last year. So you didn't want him all, at the free throw line last year. All I know, you want him at the free throw line now, but he's not getting to the free throw line. All I know is that I started the show by saying, as big a mess and as frustrating as this Butler thing is to watch on a day to day basis, it does cover up the stench of the next big talker once he gets traded, which is you are in the first year of a max contract with Andrew Wiggins. That's going to become that. That actually is going to probably be far more the problem for this franchise long term because if Butler leaves. You know, Butler could break down in two, two or three years. You you might be very happy in three years that you didn't retain him. Because I could see the body starting to just completely give out. But you're going to be in the midst of the fact that unless Andrew Wiggins finds some type of cure for all his ills, in three years, you're going to be still stuck in this contract. And I don't know, you can move the I thing. don't necessarily agree with that. Okay, tell me All why. it takes, I mean, much like with Butler, all it takes is one team. Hmm. The Sacramento Kings, they wouldn't give you a lot. They will swing and miss. They have all sorts of cap space next summer. Okay. They will swing and miss. I don't foresee Vladi Divac hitting a bunch of home runs in free agency. I think that would be a team to watch. They got the money. Maybe somebody else. I'm so, telling you, all it takes is one. But what's the trade then? Oh, you're not getting back a lot. Would you have to attach a pick? Maybe even so, but... To get somebody to take the contract? To suggest that you absolutely can't move the contract, I think is false. I think you could. So you yeah, could find Manny, somebody. you're right. You may have to attach a first-round pick, maybe even multiple sweeteners. But I do think if you had to, mm-hmm. you could free yourself from that contract. More scoops. What else you got for us? David Morgan, Vikings tight end, did avoid serious injury, injured his left knee in the victory over Detroit on Sunday, but I'm told he is expected to miss sometime. Okay. So does he miss just the Bears game? Does he miss the Bears and Packers game to be determined? But he is expected to miss sometime, but this is not a season-ending injury. That's very fortunate. He did avoid he can, serious ligament damage. He's a very good blocker. So very good blocker. That's an good player. That's an important guy to keep around. Correct. That would have been actually, I wouldn't call it a huge deal, but that would have been a loss. On the Twins, they have Daniel Adler, Rob Antney, Thad Levine, and Derek Falvey representing them this week in Carlsbad, California. At the GM meetings, I was told they were expected to sit down at some point with Scott Boros, with the Levinson brothers who represent a bunch of good free agents, the reliever Familia, 
Daniel Murphy, Joe Kelly. I wish I had the full list in front of me, but the Levinson brothers, Seth and Sam, those agents represent a bunch of really good free agents. Okay. Then they were also expected to sit down with the agent for Patrick Corbin. Really good lefty starting pitcher. There is a belief among some high-profile agents that the Twins, hey, now they did it to some extent last winter. You know, they offered you Darvish a lot of money. He said no, but that the Twins this winter are willing to spend good money. So I know a lot of agents have the Twins circled. Nelson Cruz's agent has the Twins circled. Figuring Nelson Cruz could be a good... Mentor for Miguel Sano, 36 or 37. Uh, okay, that makes sense, though. Purely a DH. Mm-hmm. But he can still hit. But the mentor thing makes sense. I, I like that idea. So, I mean, I I'm just saying. I mean, DJ LeMahieu, really good defensive second baseman. Yeah. Plus an on-base machine from the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. I can tell you that his side has the twins circled. Where's Dozier going to land, do you think, and for what? Ooh, well, I mean, the Rockies likely will need a second baseman. I mean, there are other teams, the Angels. What do the Red Sox do? I think wherever he lands, it's a one-year make-good deal. Now, maybe he doesn't make good, but he goes somewhere in a one-year deal. Four or five million, maybe? Yeah, I would think somewhere in that five million, six million range. Closer to five than four. Mm -hmm. Maybe not much more than five, though. Mm -hmm. He tries to reestablish his value and tries to cash out a little bit more. One year from now. What can you tell us about the uh, Gophers' decision to move on from defensive coordinator Rob Smith after Saturday's absolute debacle in Illinois? Not a ton, although I know one prominent person over there that's actually a bit surprised that it happened in season. It had to happen, right? Yes. After after Saturday, you Correct. So everything got sped up after that debacle on Saturday. So it was inevitable, but I just know that one person was surprised with just three games to go that it happened. Now, I'll circle back. Do you remember at the State Fair? It was me, you, and Chip. We did predictions. It was before the New Mexico State game. Yes. You said six victories. Chip said six victories. I said five. Mm -hmm. I may even be wrong. And I'm still all in on P.J. Fleck. But the idea was what we talked about in late August. They knew. They actually, whether you like this regime or not, Mm -hmm. Fleck and company, they foresaw that they would stink this year. They just did. Well, you were saying that for months. What I didn't realize was the defense would be that atrociously coached as well. Well, yes. I, I don't care. And it's not all tackling, by the way. They must lead the country in allowing opposition ball carriers to literally go untouched. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about the Maryland game. And from that point it. on, Dukes, it's how many touchdowns atrocious. have they allowed where they have not touched the offensive player? What was the judge you had? Like, what was it? 13. 13 touchdowns of 40 or more yards. 40 or more yards. In the Big Ten. And I bet a handful of those, I'm telling you, they did not get a hand on the guy that scored the touchdown. Maryland didn't. I believe Maryland was 0 for 0 from the red zone. And they still had, what, 40 some odd points? 42 points. They didn't get, they never stopped in the red zone. Because they they had so many big plays. But you told us for months that this team wouldn't be that good. What I didn't realize was the offense actually looks like it's percolating. There's something there. It's not there yet, but there's something there. The defense was ineptly coached. You couldn't keep blaming that. And and with experienced guys, if you say, go back then, 23 mm-hmm. months ago, the Holiday Bowl victory. Yes. There's a lot of guys that were on that Coughlin, were a big part of that Barber, game. Barber, yeah. Chenault. Chenault's hurt now, but a lot of guys. The offense Kamal is Kamal Martin. You're right. 
a lot of guys. Yes. Huff in the secondary. A lot of guys that were on the field. Cashman. A lot of guys that were on the field for the win over Washington State and San Diego are still on the roster today. I'm still doing So you can talk about how young you are all you want, which is not a lie. Although we're all sick of hearing about it. It's not a lie. I'm still trying to but figure out. But they're not out. young on defense. Doogie, I tried to I asked this to Judd and Phil yesterday of like I'm trying to figure out what it was that Rob Smith interviewed with PJ Fleck or what they what have was a history it? right they were sure. in Tampa together Shit. I mean they've known each Shiano. other for years but, but he was a yeah. coordinator in Arkansas with Pilamo I know and that defense was brutal trust me and it got worse yeah Manny I know I think his first year there it, were people from Fayetteville saying yeah what the heck is PJ Fleck thinking hiring Rob Smith I think in year, that was a first guess at the time I think mm-hmm. in year one at Arkansas Smith's defense was actually respectable and then I want to say he was and there for worse. three years and it got progressively worse so, all right, what can uh, people find with the latest Scoop podcast, and why don't you tell us where you're going to be on Friday at 3 p.m.? All right, well, I'll go latter than former. Friday, I'm in your chair. Big, I'm co-hosting with Manny, 3 to 6. Big shoes to fill, Doogie. Oh, huge. Yeah. <laughs> big shoes. You see I don't know if I'll shoes? sleep on Thursday night. See these shoes? They're big shoes. Big, big, big time shoes. Too. Massive. So I'll have all sorts of crutches. The 3 o'clock hour on Friday, John Krasinski from The Athletic, and Dane Moore, who now contributes to 1500ESPN.com, will be in studio. Manny obviously is in tune with the Wolves. I'm in tune with the Wolves. We will do one hardcore hour. Wolves roundtable. Then at 4.30, Richard Coffey, Amir Coffey's dad, former Timberwolf, he'll be in. We'll talk mostly Gophers, review tonight's game, preview Monday's game against Utah, talk about Amir playing point guard. But I think we can go down memory lane. This is the 30th anniversary of the Wolves, so Richard Coffey... Certainly we'll have some wolf stories. Then I will presumably have Sage Rosenfels on at some point, whether it's live or we tape it and then play it back in the 5 o'clock hour. But I know mm-hmm. that, that Sage is on with you every Friday. Yeah, so we'll out- have a fun Friday show. He's outstanding. And then the Scoop, Scoop podcast episode yeah. 183, just posted a short time ago. I chatted with former Viking Antoine Winfield. Antoine Winfield Sr. Mm-hmm. He was at the Vikings-Lions game, so we talked Vikings-Lions. Blue the Gallahorn. We talked to Xavier Rhodes. He did blow the Gallahorn. And then we talked about his son, Antoine Winfield Jr., how he's doing after his surgery last month. He has a younger son, Austin, who just committed to the Gopher football team. So that is available now. Plus, I have some Wolves steam, some Viking stuff, and some twin stuff. Outstanding stuff, sir. Thank you. Thanks, Dukes. Take it easy. That's the Scoop with Doogie. Check out his Scoop podcast. As he said, Antoine Winfield and uh, a few other guests on his latest Scoop podcast, TCL Broadcast Studios. Mike Golick Jr., right around the corner, Mackie and Judd. People, people, I have an important announcement. Mackie and Judd are back after this brief timeout Woo! on 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. Start churning butter and put on your church shoes, little sister, because we're about to blast off. On 1500 ESPN. All right, quick check on your traffic here from the TCL Broadcast Studios at 94 Eastbound. We've got a crash uh, near Columbia Heights. That's between Highway 100 and 49th Avenue North. So be on the lookout for that. Also, Highway 100 North. Uh, Speaking of that, we've got a crash in St. Louis Park. Uh, between Minnetonka Boulevard and Cedar Lake Road. So be on the lookout for those crashes. Clear folks. that out. I got to get yes. home to vote. Clear that crash out. In get park. out of Judd's St. way. Park. Get out of my way. <laughs>
Uh, Golick Jr., ESPN uh, Radio, will join us just around the corner. But first, uh, Leroy from St. Paul is going to join us, and he's going to try to do the damn near impossible. All right, the floor is yours to defend Andrew Wiggins, Leroy. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm disappointed in you guys. Slightly. Not completely. I love, I love you guys. I love the show. It's where I comfort my comfort. But right now, I'm upset because this man... You realize, in his second season, he was essentially the fourth youngest player to 5,000 points and averaged 24 points a game in his third season. Now, I'm not saying he's a perfect player. I'm not at all. I know he's got a lot of flaws in his game, even now still in his, what, fourth year? Mm-hmm. But what I'm upset about is just we know this, this man had slipped for an, a heartbeat. Rest in peace. And he had yep. Sam Mitchell, and then he had Tom Thibodeau as his coach. And Thibodeau might be the worst of all of those coaches in terms of offense. Okay. What I'm upset about is just I feel like we lack imagination when we think about Andrew Wiggins in this state and when we think about the Wolves. If just So here's my question to you guys, and then, and then I want to just hear what you think. What, what do you, who do you think Andrew Wiggins becomes if he has a stable – coach a solid offensive game plan and somebody who actually can play to his strength because this man was shooting spot up threes last year which is i know you guys can agree with me andrew wiggins should not be shooting spot up threes. he's a great he's a great flasher should be at the free throw line so the conditions change what do you think ideally andrew wiggins becomes in good condition just good not even great just good all right great call thank you um Passionate call. Very passionate. Might not have been great, but it was passionate. It was good. Um, Go ahead, May. Well, here's what I will say. I think that if Andrew Wiggins was in a different situation where he's getting more touches and more shots, he would be averaging more points per game. But is there I, a cop of a half of a halfway decent player that you like who, if he got the right coach and in the right system, he could be or should be right now? I, I it, that's a hard question to answer because I don't know if like he he kind of I guess he's trying to model his game after like maybe like a Tracy McGrady or a Kobe Bryant type. Similar build, but it's like, come on, we know he's nowhere near. Is there a poor of version of either either one of those that he that he could become? Is there a poor man's Tracy McGrady? You know, so let's take out the superstars. Is there a poor man's version of McGrady that he should be? I mean, he's a mess, but I see what I see what Leroy is saying, and I think I despise Tibbs enough as a coach now that. At least if you're a Wiggins fan, I get his point. I, I think it might be a lost cause. But well, that's that's that. See, that's where. But can I'm we torture? Can we torture I, this in this scenario into being something halfway decent? Well, listen, Tom Thibodeau, I don't think has done Andrew Wiggins any favors whatsoever, okay, at all. And but I'll, still, some of this, and and I'll say this about Cat too, like. But I, I'm not pulling the plug on Cat, or I'm not giving up on Cat because I've seen a lot more from Cat than I've seen from Andrew in terms of growth and development. Now Cat's still got to get better, and and he's, you know, the, he's had some rough moments at the start of this year. But 
Wiggins, the, it, it, it's just the, the things I tweeted out last night. Like, when he's taking those 19, 20-foot jumpers and they're clanking off the back of the iron, what, wh- why, what is going through his mind to, yeah, I, I, I have no for idea. him to continue to take that shot? Nobody else. And that's, he's, Judd, he's never been good at that shot. Yep. The turnaround fadeaways, they'll post them up sometimes and he'll or he'll back he'll back down That's and he'll why try the Kobe fadeaway. My only like, question is can dude, you get him you can't make that shot. Can, why do you keep taking that shot? Can you get him to be a poor man's version of of what he once hoped to be? I have no clue if that's possible now. Just, and it looks like it's going south now. And and you got after this year, you got four more years of that contract, man. Oh goody, I can't wait for that. Mike Golick Jr. ESPN Radio joins next for his weekly visit, Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. So long, losers! On fifteen hundred ESPN, Mackie and Judd now continue. What now? What now? Let me tell you what now. Mackie and Judd on fifteen hundred ESPN. Mackie and Judd, TCL Broadcast Studios, fill out today. So uh, Judd and Manny Hill right now. Football hour with uh, Courtney Cronin and Matthew Collar coming up at 5 o'clock. But joining us now, our buddy Mike Golick Jr. from First and Last, which you can hear right here on the station, a 3 to 5 a.m. ESPN Radio. Golick, how uh, how concerned did you get about the Irish during the course of the game on uh, Saturday against Northwestern as things did things were not as one-sided probably as a Notre Dame fan might have hoped for no and and you know what the problem is I was trying to drink in the environment down in Baton Rouge we had gone down there for Golica Wingo and done the show in advance of Alabama LSU and I'd gotten to stick around for that game so I assume all right Notre Dame will take care of business I'll be good I'm at halftime checking my phone all of a sudden in the fourth quarter Northwestern gets that late score to bring it within three and I've actually got to sweat this thing out so I don't appreciate I don't appreciate that from Notre Dame raining on my parade but at the same time they managed to get it done so they don't ask how they just ask how many but you called it too you said last week it's not going to be easy it never is I, th- I believe that those were nearly your exact words so you, you couldn't have been shocked by that fact No, I I wasn't, and when you watch the game, and I went and watched it back yesterday, it's just a bad couple of situations for Notre Dame. You know, you squander good red zone opportunities with penalties. You have a couple of special teams miscues, a missed field goal, a blocked punt, and all of a sudden you had plenty of chances where you could put this game away, but give credit to Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. They came out there with a great plan. They were going to hug that run game and try and bleed clock to keep Notre Dame's offense off the field. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, they were going to stack the box and try and stop Notre Dame's run and make them as pass-heavy as they wanted to. So uh, that's what a well-coached team does, and they went out there and executed. Give me a feel for, for how much fun a big game is in Baton Rouge. It is the most unique environment I've experienced in college football. It's truly just from the tailgate experience on, it's so expansive down there. Everyone came out from wherever they were for this event. And then to be down there on the field before the game, I've been fortunate to run out of the tunnel for a national championship game. We played in the big house. I played on the road in Oklahoma against the Sooners. And being down there for Kojo and this LSU team to run out of the tunnel before their game against the number one team in the country, I've never been in a stadium that loud. And the energy that crowd brought had a real effect on a lot of the beginning of the game. The problem is the team they were trying to affect was still Alabama. 
How far ahead of everybody else is Alabama Golic? I mean, it just seems like I, I I looked at that game Saturday going into it thinking, all right, this is going to be the test for Alabama. Like this is going to be the team that really pushes them to the brink. Alabama might still win, but this is going to be the one tight game that they get. And it just they just suffocated LSU. It, it just how far ahead of everybody else is this team? Well, they're far ahead because they're balanced. And in college football, so many teams you see have to lean into one strength. They're defined by one identity. You would think about this with the Big 12. Oklahoma's defense is so bad, but this offense, they could hang their hat on, and it's good enough to buoy them. And with LSU, their defense is a championship-level defense, but the offense in Joe Burrow really showed that it's right where it's been in recent years, unfortunately, for LSU. And so with Alabama, it's all right. That defense wants to load up and really try and hang with our passing game. They've got Greedy Williams and these great defensive backs. We'll just rush for 281 yards in this game instead because that's what we can do. And so it shows you that to be a team that's going to hang with Alabama, you've got to be balanced. You've got to be willing and able to move the football on them. Or If you're one-dimensional in any aspect, they're going to exploit you because this is about as complete an Alabama team, especially on offense, as we've ever seen. Golik, here's where I'm um, a sad sports fan. Okay, I've been a lot. I've been to games and I've seen cool stuff. World Series, Super Bowl last year was cool, but I'm pretty convinced I'm going to to go to my grave having only seen Big Ten football and for the most part in this godforsaken state where the team just has stunk for, for my entire life. I so envy, I would love to see or be around consistently, especially an SEC football team, a good one for a season, because it seems like it would be so much fun. And I feel, I feel like despite the sports I follow, that capturing that amount of fun is darn near impossible unless you're actually doing it. Yeah, you know what? I, I do. I don't want to, you know, besmirch the Big Ten too much. I mean, some of the favorite environments I ever played in, and and want to see. I mean, uh, you talk about Wisconsin. Camp Randall is on my short list of stadiums that I want to see and be a part of. I've been up to Madison and been around that campus. There's an energy there, but there is something different about tailgates of the South, and I think I know what it is. I think it's sausage gravy and fried food. I think that ends up being. And I know, listen, Wisconsin can certainly give you some of that. Some of the, you know some of the midwestern states, but there is just something about that Cajun blend of herbs and spices that you get at the tailgate out there that maybe takes it next level. And the beer too, in some places, right? That that that's yeah. not too bad. Yeah, not that I not that I had way too much of that down there. <laughs> well, that would never happen to you, right? <laughs> no, I mean, resp- you were responsible the entire trip. I, I have complete confidence in that. Oh my God, guys! I had a doctor's appointment today, and I got blood work done after the trip. And my doctor looked at me when I told him I went to Louisiana. He goes, "What the hell's wrong with you? Why would you get your blood work done after that? Your blood is essentially syrup." What's the cholesterol? <laughs> It wasn't great. You know, cholesterol, sugar, they were all a little up. And he's like, you know, you're 29. I'm not that concerned. And then I told him where I was. And he goes, all right, I'm going to disregard these numbers completely. There's no way we can treat these in any sort of accurate. You've got to cancel the appointment if you're going to go to SEC country for a football game on the previous Saturday. It's that simple. No, but see, it gives me an out because no matter what those numbers were, I could say, oh, I could excuse my way out of this. It's Louis. All you have to do is shrug and say Louisiana, and the doctor immediately rubs his hands, gives you a clean bill of health, and you're on your way. The best team in the National Football Conference after the Rams-Saints game that we saw on Sunday is whom? The best game or the best team? team? Best team in the NFC. The best team in the NFC. 
you know what? I, the, the Saints were my Super Bowl pick to start the season. I had them representing the NFC coming out of that. So that result wasn't surprising, especially at home for me. And I think what we've come to appreciate about the Saints now is that the defense is starting to catch up for a little bit. You know, losing Marcus Davenport for maybe the next month is a body blow there. But as that secondary has started to catch up and that linebacking core looked awfully athletic, they showed me, I think, in the middle of the field, the thing that's most concerning against some of the top NFL offenses, whether that's Kansas City, whether that's San Diego, whether that's New England, or whether that's the Rams, which is the ability to stop that intermediate passing game through the running backs. And it's something the Patriots certainly love to do, and it's something that the Rams love to do with Todd Gurley. And seeing the Saints shut down Todd Gurley, the pass catcher, during that game seemed to be cutting off the head of the snake or as close as you can get to that with the Rams offense that still found a way to put up plenty of points. You learn both of these teams are very good, but the Saints just might have that edge right now with a quarterback the caliber of Drew Brees manning the helm of a very similar offense to the one the Rams run. Golick, their, their heads are spinning in Green Bay right now. The Packers are 3-4-1, and one, and now this week everybody's mad at Aaron Rodgers apparently. At least the fans over there, they're all blaming Aaron Rodgers. It was Mike McCarthy forever. They're all mad at Mike McCarthy forever, but now this week they went into Foxborough and lost to Tom Brady, and now everybody's mad at Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy. They're mad at Aaron Rodgers because somebody else fumbled in the fourth quarter again to prevent him from having another opportunity to win. I mean, I get being frustrated, but Aaron Rodgers, no matter what happens, usually isn't going to be the guy for me. And I, I don't know. I think it still ends up being more of the same with this Packers team. Like, you have largely uninventive and unimaginative play calling. You, you've got a team that abandons the run certain spots that are interesting. I mean, you also, I, I think, saw from New England, again, learning more about them, a pass rush I wasn't ready for. Like, even before Brian Balaga went out, Seeing Trey Flowers give him all he could handle was surprising to me. This is one of the better tackle tandems in the NFL and just in general, the offensive line. And yet they were putting the squeeze on Aaron Rodgers for a vast majority of the night. So Aaron Rodgers is a victim of what almost every other quarterback is, and especially when we know he's not totally healthy, which is if you put enough pressure consistently on him, he's not going to look like his normal self. And I think that was the biggest takeaway. Mike, the top four teams in the college football playoff rankings unveiled tonight will be... What four? Which four? We're we're going to go Alabama, still holding steady at number one, Clemson number two, Notre Dame at three, and I'll go Michigan at four, although the more and more I hear college football people, it sounds like it is really close in that room between Michigan and Georgia, but I think ultimately Michigan trending in the right direction. That offense has been putting up big points for a while now since that Notre Dame game, and we know the defense is one of the best, if not the best, in college football. So I think they're trending in the right direction, and they're going to be a team that may not have full control of their destiny, but if they went out and win the Big Ten, beat Ohio State, they're going to have a lot to say about who's in that Final Four. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the time, as always. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. See ya. Mike Golick, Jr., host of First and Last ESPN Radio. You can hear that right here on the station overnights, 3 to 5 a.m., and then he also joins Golick and Wingo, as well, what's that for? I'm patting myself on the back because you and you and Phil remember a couple of weeks ago, write that down, I said, Michigan is going to go to the college football playoff, and I'm sticking to that. I totally forgot that. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Just a reminder, this station does not endorse this. On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd are back. We're about to make a whole lot of people around here real happy. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. 
All right, well, let's check on your traffic here. Highway 100 northbound, St. Louis Park. We've got a crash uh, causing about a three-minute delay. That's between Minnetonka Boulevard and Cedar Lake Road in St. Louis Park. And also 62 westbound near Richfield. We've got a crash between 34th Avenue and 28th Avenue. Get this, 17-minute delay. Good luck, folks. All right, Matthew Collar stepped into studio, so it's nearing time for this. Football! Football, yeah! Almost, not yet. But not yet. Not yet. But not yet. No. Because we... Can't eat yet? Soon. Can't eat. Hungry. Can't eat. We need to talk about the fact that a group of Ottawa Senator players went for an Uber ride on October 29th in Arizona. So this was a dog of a game, by the way. So it's going to be... The Coyotes against the Senators. Yes. May God have mercy on everyone's soul who watched that game. I actually, I actually <laughs> once went in 2009 to a game between those two teams on a Saturday night in Arizona. But anyway, during the Uber ride, seven Ottawa players, well, they discussed assistant coach Martin Raymond. In practice, when we break out against you guys, we get in every time. What team do you guys play for? Ottawa. Oh, okay. As you can tell, we're really pleased with, you know, PK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need Marty Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> Only coach in NHL history to have the worst power play and worst PK within a back to back within a calendar year of each other. Do you do you notice that? Do you notice that when he when he uh, runs the video? Like, if you actually do pay attention. He doesn't ever teach you anything. He just commentates no. what's happening. He's like, uh, here's uh, someone who's skating on the wall with the box. Yeah, he doesn't say what to do with it. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing, too. We don't change anything ever, so why do you even have a meeting? Like, I haven't paid attention in three weeks. So a bunch of things came to mind when I saw this story today. That that comes out, the Uber driver records the Senators players talking about how bad they are and how they don't like this assistant coach. First of all... Every person in America, Canada, probably most of Europe is guilty about complaining about someone in management or on a coaching staff. Every athlete of all time who has ever played anywhere from like ninth grade on has always gotten together, hung out and complained about the coaching staff and or management, etc. So that's one. So I don't have any problem with anything these guys said. They said that their assistant coach isn't teaching them anything. Now that's a, a heck of a damning statement, right? That's, that's nothing. Right. That's, that's a 2 out of 10 on the trashing your team scale. They're laughing at how bad the stats are. That's all you can really do if you're the Senators. You traded away Eric Carlson. What else can you do but laugh at how bad your team is right now? Right. The other thing is the Uber driver's a scumbag. And people doing things like that in public is the grossest thing of 2018. That you see this all the time. The, oh, look at this guy at the gym who's wearing jeans. It, don't tape the guy at the gym with the jeans. You tell your buddies, or if you want to like text your friend and be like, "There's a guy at the gym who's just like killing it in these, you know, right. washed out jeans or whatever." But but putting it on the internet is super weird, and I think you're a creep and don't want to talk to you ever if you do that. I'm recording you right and now especially, as you're saying this, Colin. <laughs> this just and, got really uncomfortable. And, and especially, especially when it comes to trying to gotcha somebody, that yeah. makes it even worse. The only people you should ever do this to are the white people who call the cops on black people having a barbecue. Then you should then you videotape them and put on that the internet. And mock you, may, them. you may shame that person. 
I but just, other than that, if people are having a conversation in your Uber car, do not tape them. And I know that the senators are trying to look for different ways that they can sue Uber or something. It doesn't look like they can because in Arizona, you could just tape people doing stuff without their permission. But stop doing that society because it's scummy. The senators, the senators, first of all, need to take care of themselves because they're a dumpster fire. But I'm, I'm with you. And, and what we just played there to me is, is comical. It's funny. But if you don't think there's been 10 times worse, so like if this is a big deal, the Ottawa Senators players, we've heard in locker rooms far worse. Mm -hmm. Like you just walk by conversations where you're like, wow, they're talking about, but you don't report that because it's not something to report. But that being said, yes, I found it to be funny, but but you're right. The guy's a complete scumbag. I think it's And a, we're going to get more of this, by the way, not right, less. Right. It's going to be more and more of this. Oh, yeah. It is a societal issue of people wanting to be internet famous and things like that. They want to go viral, so they try to catch something on their cell phone, on video, and put it out there so a bunch of people will share it. And, and this doofus thinks, oh, I'm going to get somebody to pay me whatever number of dollars, which, of course, there are sleazeball websites like Barstool or Deadspin. Who, who paid for this, that. by the way? Do I think know? it was Barstool, but I'm not sure. And that was the first senators. Like, who really? Right, who even cares? It's like Matt Duchesne, okay. But, of course, <laughs> if the guy asks for a reasonable amount, right. they're going to buy it. So they're being they're being sleazy to begin with with this too. Now I'm not saying that athletes need to be protected if they're out in public and they're saying to people this or that about their team and somebody has it, it's a it's a reporter or something, then you know what? These things will get out. And they should be careful about where they're putting them out. If they're on social media, if they're taking jabs at people on Instagram, that's on them. But if you're just taking an Uber ride with your teammates, you do not expect, you do not have a reasonable expectation of being recorded and put out there. And that is gross. And if I'm the team, I'm defending them 100%. I don't, they made, him, coach they made him apologize. <laughs> I wouldn't even make him apologize. Oh, I wouldn't apologize. I, I, I would can this assistant coach. I would tell who's the assistant coach these guys, to teach him something. Who's, who's giving these guys a play-by-play. So he's going down the right wing wall up there. And now the puck's behind the net. You see that? <laughs> Duchesne's line, I haven't paid attention in two weeks, is fantastic. Well, Duchesne is... Uh, I mean, he's a problem, but the line, I haven't paid attention in two weeks, because this guy basically narrates the film. But this is a lot like the D'Angelo Russell, Nick Young thing from a couple of oh, years man, ago, yeah. when he was... D'Angelo Russell had his cell phone, and he was recording Nick Young talking about how he was cheating on Iggy Azalea or whatever at the time, and all of that stuff, and you're just like, dude... But that was a teammate. Yeah, so that's that was far a worse. That's, that's far worse, worse than yeah. this. And you brought up the Will Myers, the uh, baseball yeah. player who was playing Fortnite and made some crack. And then, of course, someone has to record it and put it out there. Like, stop doing this. Like, no one, no one cares about you if you do it. Good like, luck. you're you're not cool. You're not special. You probably won't get paid a whole lot of money if you catch an athlete complaining about their assistant coach. Don't record people in secret. You're not funny for recording the guy at the gym or the weird person pushing a uh, grocery cart down the street or whatever. Like, you see this stuff constantly, and it just makes me want to fight these people. Stop doing it. Okay, if it's a crime, be pull out your phone. If it, yeah, I know, You'd I know. That's what I'm saying is that people right need to there. stop doing this. Good, lu- good luck with that. Good luck. I with, know, I know. Good luck know. with stopping society. Do you realize how bleeped up we are right now? Like this is one of our our least problems, and yet it's just it's the scumbag nature. But I love <laughs> the, scumbag the scumbag nature yeah. of people today. That's what it is. But but I but I love this Uber driver 
Like, do you start calling around? Yeah, Barstool, I got something. Yeah, right, what? Right. What? Ottawa Senators ripping their coach. Like, what's that worth? Like, like if I get Arizona Cardinals 500 players, bucks? I might pay for that, right? It's worth so little. I wouldn't pay 500. Well, I wouldn't pay you 100 bucks for it. And I think the, I, I don't know, I don't know if it's like the CEO of Uber or somebody higher up in Uber basically like, I think like tweeted out and basically said like, yeah, what what this driver did was not okay. Now it I, does not like represent. Well, thanks a lot for right. that. I, I understand but, why someone would want a camera in their Uber because yes. people do weird stuff, especially if you are a female Uber driver and weird things happen. Even the the Ottawa Senators assistant GM got fired for a weird thing he did in an Uber, I believe. Famous Winston as well, so, right? Got suspended yes, for yeah. uh, mm-hmm. So I totally understand why you would want that. Yep. It's just, like you're saying, putting it out there to try and play gotcha right. on some guys having a very routine conversation. I mean, they could have gone much worse on that. I mean, can you imagine what the uh, Vikings defensive backs were saying in 2016, when they were frustrated, I mean, when they went uh, rogue. How about the Cleveland that was Browns? Misunderstanding. What are the Cleveland? What did yeah, o- Oakland Raiders catch some Oakland Raiders after the Khalil Mack trade? Yeah, no. players get frustrated. You think they were upset by it. that, man. All right, we will uh, take a break. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd fill out today. Football hour next. Collar and Cronin in. Don't go anywhere. More Mackie and Judd coming up next. Just hold your ass right there on fifteen hundred ESPN. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive results should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you, or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. 